So we're over an hour late starting today on our recording. Would you like to tell everybody, Gray, why that is? It was a snow day. <laughs> it is snowing in London. Um, we we have had enough snow in that it makes a significant difference, which is not a lot of snow for London, but it doesn't have to be a lot, right, for it to make a big difference. But it's very cold here right now, and there is some snow. As always with these things, uh, if you post on the internet that your city has snow and things are closing down, people from the northern Arctic wastelands <laughs> will get in touch and they'll tell you about how you don't know or understand what snow is, mm-hmm. right? That, that your baby, it's like, uh, this is, yeah, I know that there's more snow in places that are colder. That's, that's never the question. It's, it's entirely a question of how economically feasible is it to keep a whole fleet of snowplows at the ready to get your city clear of snow? And the answer is, if you're London, where it didn't even snow last year, you just don't have any plows, right? Like you have nothing, right? You just don't have anything. And so then when you do get every two years, one inch of snow, everything shuts down. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, I woke up this morning, I saw that there was a lot of snow. I immediately opened up carrot weather and saw that there was going to continue to be a lot of snow. And I immediately declared it a gray industry snow day. I was like, nope. <laughs> Year of order routine establishing in the morning. Right out the window it goes. Like, And I just ran into the streets. And it was great. Uh, I spent all morning wandering around central London enjoying the snow. And it was glorious. But I did send you a message as soon as I possibly could. Like as soon as I popped up in Trafalgar Square, I was like, oh, oh. It's not a snow day for Relay Industries. Mike's still going to want to record the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I sent you a message to try to give you a heads up that I was going to be almost certainly late coming back, which I was. But uh, I liked that you you attempted to sweeten this by sending me picture updates every now and then of the interesting things that you were finding around London. Like, look, look, it's so nice. You know, well, I I thought you're probably sitting at home. Yes. in the in the relay company that is not having a snow day and having a you know a sad at the office day so i thought i was going to brighten your morning with pictures of me frolicking in the snow i thought i thought you would enjoy that mike i did not and have not had a snow day um it's been snowing for a few days i have not left the house even though i love snow there there are a few things in the world that I love more that are naturally occurring than snow cuz it's so rare for me that like it's a real treat but oh, yeah. I think throughout this episode, there is going to be a theme. Uh, and the theme of this episode is Mike. Mike feels very overwhelmed right now with work. Um, so I have, a, I have a character flaw in that when I feel very busy, if I leave the house, it's like I have committed a crime. Hmm. Like, I have to be here. And it is the only way that I can feel okay. Because if I leave, I have neglected the mountain of work that I have to take care of. So I have not left the house yet. Um, I believe, uh, as we're recording this today, that when Adina comes home, she is dragging me out of the house. Um, She's bought me a scarf even, because she is unhappy with the fact that I have not left the house uh, this week to play in the snow, which would bring me great joy. But right now, I feel like I, I'm I'm not allowed to do that. I too had a mountain of work to do, 
and I don't feel guilty. All behind. <laughs> There's no guilt. There's no guilt over there. No, this is a thing that is is very hard to do, but I'm always really glad when I do it, which is intentional playtime or intentional goofing off or relaxing time where in, instead of what is very easy to do like oh i i should be working but somehow i'm i'm mario karting i don't know how this happened and it's like i'm not fully enjoying the mario kart because i know that there's something that i should be doing and i'm just sort of here procrastinating like that, that's the worst because you're not enjoying the activity and you're not getting anything done but that's why this morning is like oh woke up Boom, I'm the CEO. I'm declaring it's a snow day. No work can happen on the morning of a snow day. So it, there's no guilt at all. Nothing nothing is even possibly going to happen. And I feel like that that's the best way to enjoy a thing is 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 to mentally coordinate off as work can't possibly happen while it's snowing outside. Everyone knows that. So there's no there's no guilt because I couldn't be answering yeah. emails this morning it just it couldn't happen what annoys me the most is that i feel like i had gotten good like better at that like i feel Mm -hmm. like i had gotten a lot better at being able to say to myself you know what i'm gonna sit down and play nintendo for a while and it's gonna be great Mm -hmm. again but that we're i've been going through some transitions business-wise this year that seem to have upended everything um i think that my company is at a stage now where it's there's just some changes happening. Like we're old enough that just different types of things are going on and it's all good stuff. Like all of this work, this additional work is being generated because of good things. And the stress that I'm going through is because of the additional work, not that anything bad is happening, right? Like it's that kind of stress. It's an overwhelmedness rather than a desperation type stress. Mm-hmm. So I, and I have not yet, adjusted to this new world and right and i'm and i am trying to do some things to help me adjust but right now i'm not doing a very good job with it i'm sorry to hear that mike uh overwhelmedness is maybe one of the much more harder things to deal with Mm -hmm. because it is that that uh it's just that cloud that that feeling of oh there are so there are so many things uh it's it's very hard to get a handle on but you know i i really think adina needs to take you on a snow day yeah yeah i know i know it's tricky <laughs> let me tell you actually let me tell you about something that i started doing which i'm hoping will help with this mhm i have started a journal okay i'm going to need I'm going to need a lot of details on what this means to you. Yeah, I know. Because it's that, because I may, you know, I've basically gone anywhere from Dear Diary to like right. writing down minute by minute what I'm doing, right? It's, it is a all encompassing term, which these days means more and more and more. Um, mm-hmm. So I have in the past looked at journaling systems. Uh, I am a big pen and paper nerd. Um, I've mentioned this on the show before, but this is a thing that really is one of my big loves in life is pen and paper. I have an entire podcast dedicated to it. It's called The Pen Addict. Um, And I will put a link in the show notes in case people are interested. We are about to hit our 300th episode. Um, It is my longest running show that I have ever done. Um, there's, there's, and it's weekly. So, you know, like (laughs) it's a lot of pen and paper news. So that's the thing that I love very much. 
So I've I've been very uh, aware of journaling systems. You know, Bullet Journal is a is a big one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I actually know the guy who made it. His name's Ryder Carroll, and he's a great guy. And we've kind of been going along with his journey over the time that he created the Bullet Journal because we first found out about it before it was nothing, right? That it was just beginning, and now it's like a huge, huge deal. Yeah, but also Bullet Journal, in my mind, at least from what I know of it, Bullet Journal is not a journal at all. It's a task management system. Right? It That's is, like, yeah. so this is, This is why when you say you've started a journal, I feel like I need to know what it is that you're talking about. Exactly. So this is it, right? Like, this is it. The The term journal means so much now. But I, right. I was saying, like, I've looked into bullet journaling and I was considering it as a thing, but it, it didn't do, for whatever reason, it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had a call with uh, mine and your friend, Mr. David Sparks, and mm-hmm. he was telling me that he had just started journaling himself, but decided to just create his own system, which focused on the things that mattered to him. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's probably what I should do. Like, why focus on somebody else's system when I don't, I don't need a to-do list mm-hmm. on paper? Like, I already have one of those, right? So I figured I'm going to focus on what I want to do. And I've been keeping this journal for just over a week. Um, And every day, I sit down uh, at one point and I write out the headings of the things that I want to focus on in that day. And then later on in the evening, I'll kind of complete it. So let me tell you what my system includes. Okay. So I sit down with a double page in in a notebook and I write down a bunch of headings. One of them is priorities. One of them is called one good thing. I have one bad thing. What did I learn? What am I looking forward to? And then what pens did I use? <laughs> I use two, use two <laughs> pens every day. Because this is also this is also a way for me to use my pens more, which is nice. But so yeah, so priorities, right? Okay, yeah. Let's let, let's run through these. Let's run through these one at a time. Priorities. This is in essence. Like to-dos, but they are much broader and much more simple. So, like, mm-hmm. every day I may have 10 tasks, say, that I want to, my to-do list that I want to complete, right, in, in, in Todoist. But they don't actually all need, need, need to be done today, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. not how my system works. Sometimes sometimes I have to-dos in my, uh, in my project manager in Todoist knowing that they won't be done today, but I can do a little bit of work towards them today and then reschedule them, right? But mm-hmm. my priorities are the things that by the end of the day today, I will have 100% wanted to complete these things. So then mm-hmm. when I'm coming to the end of my day and I'm looking at Todoist and I'm moving seven tasks to tomorrow and I get that feeling of like, did I actually do anything today? I can refer right. to my journal and tick off the things that I've done and be like, oh, these were the things that I actually achieved. I set out to achieve the most important things that I needed to do today. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, okay. it's like a, it's like a sub list it doesn't bear any kind of control over my actual to-do list system. It's more mm-hmm. like it's more like pie in the sky type stuff, right? Like these are things mm-hmm. that I want to do. And they can even be non-work things. And they are a lot of the time non-work things. Stuff that I wouldn't actually have in my to-do list. But so like I'm gonna write one in right now as we as we are talking, because I add to my journal throughout the day, and it's gonna say, go out in the snow. 
that's going to be added to my priorities list mm-hmm. for today. And then I will, later on, we'll go out in the snow. But that's never going to find its way into Todoist because it's not part of my system, right? Yeah, and it also doesn't... In the structure of using something to manage projects, it doesn't really make sense to make a project which is called Mike is exposed to snow because it's good for his mental health. Exactly. And then an action which is called go outside. Right? Like that doesn't make it, it, it's too heavyweight, right? It's way too heavyweight. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. It's not good for the way that I have my system. Some people may do that, right? But that's not, that doesn't work within the way that I think about tasks, right? Mm-hmm. But when I'm mm-hmm. looking at like my priorities for the day, then yeah, maybe that works. So then mm-hmm. I have one good thing and one bad thing. So every day I try and write down one good thing that happened and one bad thing that happened. And I included the bad thing because I included the good thing. I didn't want this to just be like an idealistic view of my life because bad things happen, right? And I didn't want this this journal to just be like, oh, everything's so amazing, right? Because it's not like that. It's not how life is. Okay, so already we're getting into a little bit of a different function of this for you, which, mm-hmm. which is the idea that this is a thing like a traditional dear diary mm-hmm. that you might look back on as a record of what was going on in your life, right? That's, that's why the one bad thing is there because it, it lets you know what's going on. I highly doubt that I will even keep this journal when it's finished. Like mm-hmm. I'm not an archivist of stuff like this. It's more just as a way for me to reflect on something. So like by writing mm-hmm. it down, it's like acknowledging a thing happened or a thing didn't happen. Um, and honestly, like the one good thing, none of this stuff has, I don't feel like it ever has to be completed. Mm-hmm. Right. If I don't have a bad thing, I'm not going to write it. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. magic something up. But th- the idea for me is more just like a, a way to just reflect on things a little bit more just so I can focus on like what good things did happen today. And my, my idea for this is like moving into the future. If I feel like I've had a really bad day, mm-hmm. why don't I try and think about if there was a good thing and it might help me feel a little bit better. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm doing this is because of one of the things I learned about myself through time tracking of understanding I feel like I've been very busy, but what do the numbers say? Mm. Sometimes the numbers say, no, you haven't. So then it's like, okay, well, let me try and think about that. Why do I feel this way if I have something that tells me it's not this way? So it's like, I might feel really bad today, but maybe that's just the last half an hour Mm -hmm. as opposed to the entire day. So that's kind of what the one good thing, one bad thing is is meant to be for. Like acknowledging Mm. that there is both but also giving me a way to think about what my day was actually like. Because I, mm, I've okay. noticed this about myself, that like I can have a perfectly good day, but then things can ruin it. Like something happens, and then I'm in a bad mood, right? And I'm, I'm very aware of this and believe that I think I would be overall more happy if I didn't dwell on things as much. So this is kind of me trying to curtail that a little bit by having more of a structure, more of a system around good things that happen. And actually the next two parts 
of the journal also enforce this. So one of them is what did I learn? And this this serves two functions. One of them is basically for the entire time that I have known Adina, if she wants to talk, if we, if we want to have a conversation but we don't have anything to talk about, you know, like if we're hang out, hanging out, we're just chatting, she will say to me, tell me the three things you learned today. And that has always been a strong exercise for me that I fail at a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm going to say, even even as someone who makes a real effort to try to read and expose himself to different things, uh, one of the three things you learned today is a tall order. So it, it's tricky because I know that there are things, but I just don't remember them. Or like... At that moment, I can't think back to like the specific things that I went, huh, about today, right? There must be more than three every day. So I've always found this an interesting thing and a thing that I've struggled with, but it was I thought it was a nice framework to try and write some stuff down where mm-hmm. I try and write down a number of things every day that I have learned. But this this is a very open thing where it can be like facts something that's changed my mind or even just a thing about myself or a thing that I found interesting. Like it can be Mm. literally anything, but it's just three things that have kind of been in my mind today is kind of how I approach this. So it can be like something pithy, like something that I just think is kind of weird or funny, or it can literally be like, Oh, I found out this thing about the crown jewels today. You know, like, so three things that I consider like notable pieces of information for one reason or another that I have accumulated Mm -hmm. over the day. And it can be three things. It can be six things. Sometimes it's one thing or two thing, right? Like it, it doesn't really matter, but it's more just what did I learn? And it can be any amount of things, but I try and aim to do three but most days get like two. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Um, so, And this is, again, another reflection thing, um, like me trying to focus on some stuff that's happened in a day and just trying to note down some, some notable items. Um, and then the next one is what I'm looking forward to, so something that's on the horizon that I'm excited about, and I have a little personal rule of I can't repeat the same thing over two days. Right, so so you can't say, like, I'm looking forward to my upcoming wedding, and you can't use that for the next six months. Uh, it's more day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can have something that I'm really excited about, which is happening on Saturday, and I could write it on Monday and Thursday, for example. But it's it's more just, like, I can't write what I wrote yesterday. It has to be different today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's purely because sometimes there'd be something happening on Saturday, and I would write it in every single day, and I feel like that that's that I'm cheating. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's cheating the the idea of what you're trying to go for there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the last <laughs> section is writing down my pens, but you don't need to know any more about that. I I want to know much more about that. Okay, well, one thing is uh, like the looking forward to. I use so I use two pens: one pen to write the headings, and one pen to write everything else in, like the body of everything. And I don't right, use the same two pens in a row either. I have to use different pens every day. Right. So this is a, a mechanism to help you rotate your pens. Yeah. To enjoy my hobby more. The image in my head is of uh, a monk typesetting a book, you know, where they have the uppercase and the lowercase of all of the letters and they're working at a big... Da- like this is my my image of you writing out the journal is you have 
this array of pens neatly stored uh, in front of you, and so you just select well uh, from this big this big array of pens. Is that is that what's actually occurring? I typically will go to my office mm-hmm. and pick two pens from my kind of top pen selection, which I keep on my desk okay. at all times, and then take right. those to somewhere else in the house and write out my journal. Ah, okay. All right. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So you move around in the physical space to do it. Yep. And then I keep the journal and the body writing pen with me kind of throughout the day and will add to it where I need to. Hmm. So you're a week in. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's going? It's become part of my routine already, which hmm. I'm very surprised about. I have a daily task in Todoist, right, to complete the journal. But it kind of gets to a point in the day where I feel like, oh, it's journal time. Like, and, and it's not about me being reminded. Like, mm. I, I just feel like, oh, I need to complete the journal now. Or one thing that I've been doing is like, I get to a point in the day, I'm like, what shall I do next? And I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll work mm. on my journal. So, mm. you know, it is a, it is a part busy work exercise, right? So it's like a, a work procrastination type dealio because I'm sitting and I'm kind of, doing a thing which isn't real work and it's kind of maybe putting off real work for a few minutes. But I'd, it's also a, a thing which is helping me think, which I like. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that's entirely a, a category of real work. In my time tracking system, I have a category that I call meta work. Uh, and that, that's that's what I would classify this kind of thing as. Is is it work like editing a podcast? no. But it's work like sorting out your brain and what you're thinking about and what you're paying attention to. And yeah, I know. That is a kind of work. Well, <laughs> Why? <laughs> I like this. You seem to be very hesitant to, to let this count, Mike. I have. So this, again, this has been a trend of my most recent busy time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to really focus on my to-do list as the work. Mm-hmm. Because there's already so much in there. I don't need to also consider everything else work as well. Because then it's Mm. just too much. It's too much work. (laughs) Okay, so you don't want it to count as work because you feel like you already have too much work. Okay, yeah, yeah, then it's not work. Then it's it's just a personal project of yours. Yeah, this journal is a counterbalance against the overworking, right? We're just going to take this activity out of this arbitrary set of labels and oh look we've lifted it up and we put it down here in this other set of arbitrary arbitrary labels labels. yeah it's different now (laughs) it's a totally different thing (laughs) i'm sorry mike it's not work at all i didn't i didn't mean to even suggest that i I take it all back i take it all back (laughs) this episode of cortex is brought to you in part by our friends at hover building your online identity has never been more important And with Hover, you find the domain that shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. Think about when you want to put something on the internet. No matter what it is, you've actually kind of got to eventually have a place for just you. If you're trying to build something, people are going to want to find out the person behind you, right? It's why I own MikeHurley.net, as well as many other domains. And you can bet your bottom dollar I got it over 
at Hover. Why did I get it at Hover? Because they have no upsells and a clean user interface. They have best-in-class customer support. And even with that new wonderful domain that expresses exactly who you are, you could set up your own personalized email as well, so you can just further enforce who you are on the internet. Hover has over 400 domain extensions to choose from, so your options are verging on basically limitless, and one that is super helpful, especially when you're thinking about talking about who you are on the internet, is the .me extension. This can be used for personal portfolios, and it is a great way to stand out from .com or .net websites that are floating around. If you're sending a resume, for example, what about your name Dot me to showcase what you're all about. And one of the great things about dot me is that there are still lots of these domains available. So there are more there. There's more chance for you to be able to get your name dot me. And you know what's even better? Dot me domains are on sale at this month at Hover for just $9.99. That is a third off, 33% off your first year. And if you've never used Hover before, you can get an additional 10% off any of the domain extensions that they offer by going to hover.com slash Cortex. You can check out their deals and get your new portfolio or personal website up and running today. Thank you to Hover for their support of this show. A lot of my busyness is self-imposed and I'm very aware of that and I'm trying to find ways to counterbalance it, to kind of counteract it, to to break my thinking a little bit. Like I am a Mm -hmm. busy individual. I do have a lot of things going on, but I know I'm not as busy as my brain tells me I am. Right. And you know that because you do the time tracking. Because I do the time tracking. That's one of the many valuable things about doing the time tracking. So I'm right now I'm just trying to identify what is making me feel this way. I mean, because there are like again, there are days this week where I've been working a a lot and my time tracking Mm -hmm. reflects it. Like abnormal amounts of working hours. And that's fine. Like I understand that. I know what's going on. That's all good. But just the overall day to day feeling that I've had for maybe the last two weeks of like this complete overwhelmedness. Like I need to try and I need to try and ascertain why I'm feeling this way when a lot of the things that's happening, not everything, but a lot of the things are on the kind of like the general schedule of things, the general kind of flow of time. And I have some additional projects and stuff like that, but logically they shouldn't be making me feel like how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to work out what is going on and the only thing i have right now is this journal it's my only idea so i'm just really focusing on that which is why i wanted to bring it to discuss today you're holding on to this journal real tight real real tight because it is the only thing that it's is keeping you afloat in it's a vast ocean of your work that stretches in every direction uh, yep <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, well, I'm going to say that I think it's a good idea. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to poo-poo your journal. And <sighs> one of the reasons I will not poo-poo your journal is because I have, I have done something similar to this. And I always just feel really hesitant to talk about it because there's something so there's something so touchy feely about this 
that I, I find myself a little bit repulsed. But I have I have totally done this kind of thing, and I have I have definitely found it a helpful exercise uh, at times. So, um, yeah, like I'll, I'll I'll pull up I'll pull up what it actually looks like for me, but uh, sort of like when 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 would it have been now? Maybe about like a year and a half ago now at this point. I was sort of going through a bit of a a rougher time, like you know we we touched upon uh some of those things, like some of the recurring health issues for my wife and a few other things, and it was just like not the best time in the world, and this was one of the first times I tried this kind of thing uh because a friend of mine had recommended it to me, and he's like, "Listen, you're gonna feel really stupid doing this, but you should really try it, and it's a good idea." I was like, "Okay, fine." I'll give this a shot. And I did like the, even the way you're laying out your journal, I ended up doing something that was very similar and I felt so dopey about it because it's like, okay, in your little journal, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write down three things that you're thankful for. And it's like, oh God, am I do am I doing like a gratitude exercise here? The answer is yes. Yes, you are doing a gratitude exercise. It's like, okay, fine. So I'll write down like three things that I'm grateful for. And then sort of like you're talking about with the priorities, just three things that I can do that will make the day a good day. And then at the end of the day, I would just come back to that list, see how things had gone. And also just again, add like, what were some good things that happened during the day? Right? That's all it was, is like, like a way of starting something answering a few questions, setting up the course of the day in my mind with what are the what are the top things that I want to do as opposed to what is the big ball of stuff in my task management system, like just pick three things. And then simply at the end of the day, reviewing the situation. And I did this for the first time when I was uh, on a graycation in an undisclosed location in Finoscandia. And it was stupidly effective, like so effective, I can't believe how effective it was at just changing my mental framing and also helping just make it really clear about, I only have so much time today, what are the things that I really need to do? Uh, And so I'm going to try to focus on those things. So it's not that far off from what you're doing. Uh, I did it for a while. It is something that I have found nearly impossible to make stick as a part of a regular routine, even though it's a thing that I, in theory, would want to do. But I find that I can only really maintain it uh, when I'm in a particular focused or almost somewhat isolated state of mind. So it's like, I am on a graycation. I am on like the corporate retreat for one. And I don't know, there's, I talk about going on these corporate retreats for one thing. It always, always sounds kind of silly, but it is, they're weirdly mentally draining and they're, they're very mentally intensive. And I feel like there's, there's something about having this little thing running in the background of like, oh, you're going to review a little journal at the end of the day. 
that is is very effective, but I have just not been able to make it last because I almost find like it's it's too mentally tiring, even though it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But uh, yeah, so I've done that. I've done that almost every time I go away on a corporate retreat. I've sort of over the over the time I have modified it to add a couple of more questions or little little spaces. So it's sort of developed into this thing that I now call a like my bookend journal. So it's like the day starts and the day ends with looking at just these couple of pieces of paper. Um, but yeah, it's I never look back at it. Right? It's, it's not a thing that's any kind of archive for me. It's just entirely a thing that uh, like I'm on I'm on the trip. I have my iPad and the pencil and I just fill it out. Uh, you know, on on uh, on some fake paper that I had designed for me, which I mentioned a while back. And oh I have, no, and... <laughs> why did you do that? I just I just had people stop asking me for the designs the first time around because you said you were going to share them and you never did. I, I I have plans to share them at some point, but I just I just realized as I was discussing this, what I didn't want you to have in your mind, Mike, was the. The romantic idea of me with a quill pen and a piece of paper really, working on this thing. Do you really believe that I, for one second, thought you were doing this on actual pen and paper? I don't know what's in your head. No, I knew. Uh, I knew know. this was was on was on because you spoke about <laughs> having this paper before I, made for you by a mysterious individual. Uh, mm-hmm. That I assumed that you were doing it there. Yeah, that's, that's that's where it still is. But I am happy so. to hear that you have found this kind of thing effective too. It is interesting to me that like you seem to speak really high of it, but like can't find a way to integrate it into your life on a more permanent basis. That's kind of surprising to me. That it seems like counter to the, the types of things that you usually do, right? Find something to be really useful, but not like force it. Here is one of the here is one of the things. This actually kind of uh, rolls up into year of order a little bit. Uh, which is the reason it works when I'm on a graycation is because I always treat it as I wake up, I get some coffee, and I sit down with this thing, and I have like I have some blank space. One of the questions I've added over time that I find useful is just a big a big blank area that just says what's on your mind, and I just sort of just write some things down, just random free form. Like what am I thinking about? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly illuminating to just sit and and have a blank piece of paper in front of you and just wait and see what thoughts surface and just go, just write them down and it's almost always just kind of nonsense, but very often it it will get to the it'll get to things like what you're saying here like I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed but not about anything in particular, right? And it's like, "Oh, well, that's interesting. Why?" Like, let's let's try to figure this out a bit more. But on the graycations, I treat it as the first activity in the morning and I'm able to work it into a routine then. But in in my regular working schedule, so like now when I'm I'm back home, I'm in London and uh, like before I was going to my previous office and now I am going to the glass cube to create things, which I think in my mind, I think it's it's now because I've decided it's that's where creation is going to occur. Like it's gone from the glass cube to the glass forge. Mm. The glass forge in the year of order. Like I like these, Ooh, I like all yeah, of these okay. things. But it just doesn't fit in the schedule because I know on my regular life, 
The most important thing, the thing that I try to optimize for is wake up, take a quick walk, and then get right to a computer to work on a script for a video. Like I've got to make that transition as smooth as possible. And doing the journal puts me in like a very different kind of mood. It puts me in a much more like pensive, big picture mood, which is not not the frame of mind for I want to start revving this engine to get some work done. And so I, like I, I've just never quite figured out how to make it work in a regular routine for me otherwise. So it's it has ended up being just largely like a, a graycation kind of thing for me. Uh, and, and that's how I use it. But that's kind of why I was curious, like you're a week into it. And I think, um, I don't think I have ever done it for more than 10 or 14 days in a row, which is about the longest of the longest graycations. And then after that, it falls apart very quickly when I get back to my regular life. I feel like I'm going to have better luck than you because of the secondary purpose that it serves in my life, Mm -hmm. which is the act, like the action of using my pens because that that brings me joy so like i i get something out of it which is separate which is like a feeling of happiness for you, for being able to uh act on a pursuit that i love mm-hmm. so like that's an additional benefit that i get from this than than what than what you would get but i am i'm happy to hear that it is something that you do as well just because then I'm not on my own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little raw yeah. right now. Uh, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. Like, and if it hadn't been a, a friend who I feel like is is not a very airy fairy person, suggesting it quite strongly, I, I think I never would have tried it in the first place. Because like, I'm not going to sit down and write three things that I'm thankful for. That's dumb. Right. But like, like I've said, like comically effective. Uh, comically effective uh, at kind of changing your mental mindset. So uh, yeah, it it very much works. I'm going to have a book recommendation for you, Mike. Uh oh. At this point, uh oh. I, I know you. I know you don't like <laughs> no, books. No, no. But here's that's no, not that. You're at, you're adding something to the work pile. <laughs> I know. I know that I'm adding something to the work pile. But listen, never has a more perfect moment come to recommend something, mm-hmm. and. I'm, I'm, we don't even we don't even have to commit to it being Cortex Book Club. I'm just going to mention it on the show, no, no. and if no, no, you no, no. read so you it and we want to talk about it, understand. then understand. we can talk about it. We don't have to do it. There's no <laughs> obligation here whatsoever, Mike. Uh, like I'm only ever going to read this if it can be a work thing, right? Okay, I I'm read, just going to continue. Talking. I read books now. <laughs> for work <laughs> it's the, right, like, okay. the only reason that i would read any book now is to do it for work so <laughs> yeah is it triggers by marshall goldsmith yes yes so you saw this in the show notes document. uh this is this has been here for a while and i've been waiting to bring it up because uh on my last graycation a uh, a different good friend recommended this book uh which title the title of of it makes me laugh and it's a book that has a subtitle, which is also very self-helpy about creating behavior that lasts becoming the person you want to be. Mm. Everything about that sort of repels me from the cover of the book. But. Oh, God, it's a leopard changing its spots. 
Yeah, I know, right? Did you get that? Did you t- it took a while, right, for the visual the visual <laughs> metaphor there to work its way in. Yeah, I know. I was looking at that for a while, and I was like, what the hell is this cover? I don't understand. But yes, it, the cover literally has a leopard changing its spots. But I read this on my last graycation, which was also at an undisclosed location in Finoscandia, and... I thought it was pretty good. Like as far as business books go, I think this one was pretty good. And what I specifically wanted to do was let it sit for a while and see if future me was still thinking about it as a thing to come back to. And the answer to that has now been yes. Like I've left it alone for a while and I still keep thinking about it, which means, okay, I want to actually reread it and think if there's anything here to extract from me. And it, the most actionable stuff is directly related to things that are very similar to doing a daily journal. So if you are trying to do a daily journal, if you're trying to figure out the edges of what that might be, this is, this is the book to read to see if there's anything in here for you that might be useful. And I want to reread it to see if there's, if there's a way that I can modify my much more intensive, pensive bookend journal into something that's more like a daily action plan bookend journal. So I I am going to reread this. I suggest that you might want to listen to it on audiobook. And if if you want to, we could talk about it on a future show, but there's no pressure, Mike, because I will I refuse to add any more work to your big work pile. No, let's do it. Let's do it next time. Let's do it. Okay. All it's right. Because it's not that long. It's a, it's a six-hour audio book, which is about a third of what we usually do. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I feel like I can knock that out by next time. All right, so next episode, we're going to do a Cortex book club, and maybe for the first time, it will be something of use. <laughs> to all the freelancers out there, you know how important it is to make smart decisions for your business. And one of the smartest decisions you can make is to use FreshBooks because FreshBooks can save you up to 192 hours with their cloud accounting software for freelancers that's ridiculously easy to use. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. I've used FreshBooks to send out invoices, and it's super easy. If I need to send an invoice, FreshBooks is what I'm using. Two of the things I like, when you email invoice a client, not only is it easy to do, but FreshBooks will also let you see whether or not the client has seen it. This puts an end to guessing whether or not they've actually received it. And, of course, if you know that somebody has received a thing, but they have not paid the thing, you're also going to want to use FreshBooks' automatic system that sends out late payment reminders. This lets you spend less time chasing payments and more time working on your business. So if you're listening to this and you're not using FreshBooks yet, now is the time to try. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com cortex and enter cortex in the how did you hear about us section. If you're a freelancer and if you have an invoice that you need to send, you need to go to freshbooks.com cortex and give them a try. Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting this show. Gray, the drought is over. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. The year-long drought of no new Mike Hurley 
vehicles. So sad for the internet. It's come to an end. And I have a new show that I'm very excited about. And I want to just tell our listeners about it so they can go and check it out if they want to. It is called Playing for Fun. And it's hosted by Tiffany Arment and myself. It is not the big project that I've been teasing. Um, that is still in the offing. This is the problem when people know that you're working on some kind of big project. Yeah. Is that they think everything every is the big is the project, big project yeah. right? Oh, he just tweeted. Was that the big project? No, it was not. <laughs> I've been working on this tweet for four years. <laughs> I'm still... The, the big project is still kind of like being slowly chipped at every few days. I will have a thought or like an idea and like I'm just ever so slowly fleshing that out as to see if it's a thing that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But this is a project that I'm very excited about. Um, every episode, me and Tiff pick a video game. And we just talk about what we love about the video game. Nothing else. No bad stuff. Just the good stuff. It is a fun, happy, positive show about things we love. We don't talk about industry news. We don't necessarily focus on the biggest games, the biggest games right now. We just pick a game that we love and we talk about it. And we just talk about what we love about it. And it is a show that is bringing me a lot of happiness because that's all (laughs) it's about. It's just about happiness and i feel like i get to talk about all of the things that i love like that's kind of i've built an incredible job for myself in that i just talk about things that i like right the things that i'm passionate about the things that i enjoy in life but Mm -hmm. i tend to talk about them from a critical perspective right so like with all of the things where I'm talking about Apple stuff, for example, or even on this show, I like to talk about working. It's just a, a passion that I have. That it's a thing that we both share in just liking to talk about work. Mm-hmm. I also talk about bad things like feeling overwhelmed, right? Right. But this show, Playing for Fun, we only talk about good things, so it only makes you feel good. You're never going to criticize a, a video game, Mike? Nope. That's not what this show's about. I have another show about video games where I criticize video games. But this one is just about good things. So you can find it at relay.fm slash playing for fun or any app that you use or any service that you use. You should be able to find it there. Um, It has the best artwork and music of any show I have ever been a part of. it is next level good. Uh, so if anything, just go check out the artwork. Um, so yeah, it's called Playing for Fun. Please go and listen to it. Even if you don't like video games, because you might just enjoy hearing two best friends talk about something that they enjoy. Like we have listeners of The Pen Addict that are like this. People write into us and like, I don't care about pens. I just like hearing the two of you talk about <laughs> thing, something that I don't understand. Um, so yeah, go, go and check it out. I just wanted to yeah. spend some time promoting it. Well, if you do like video games... You should also listen to it as well, because whenever Tiff has guested on the ATP podcast and she talks about video games at the end, I've always thought she should have a podcast where she talks about video games. She plays a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. She's pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way she plays games is crazy. By she's she's on so much better at video games difficult. than, than like know, anyone I that I know. It's almost <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, it's she's she's very hardcore. And I've always enjoyed it when she's on ATP talking about games. I thought she should talk about games more. So you should go listen to it. Plus, Tiff has a great podcasting voice. Mm -hmm. She should do more podcasts. So I'm glad she's doing another podcast with you. All right, let's talk about some Year of Order 
and some uh so th- this is part of my year of branching out by the way both of those things that we've been talking about today i should have framed it as such but both the okay. journal and the new show that's part of branching out because these are new things these are things that i haven't done before and i'm branching out by doing those so that that's actually part of my uh year of year of branching out <laughs> see this is the nice thing about your themes mike is is they can be inclusive or exclusive as as you desire them to be yep right it's i I love the year themes they should have these fuzzy boundaries so much better than goals goals are dumb themes way better and also okay so let's be real for a second if you set a good theme literally anything you do can be applied to the theme so you always feel like you're progressing yeah Exactly. Right? right? It's great. Like, I've just made a new show. I've done this many times. But it's part of my year of branching out because it wasn't something I did last year. So I've branched out. But I could also say, oh, it's nothing to do with the theme. But I'm going to say it is part of the theme because then I feel like I'm progressing something in my life, which is great news. No, it's it's fantastic to have in the back of your mind. I, I went through a box with a bunch of computer cables in it and got rid of the ones that I don't need. Guess what? Year of order. Advance the yearly theme. <laughs> I have brought order to the box. <laughs> Yeah, this box, more ordered. (laughs) Oh, the cutlery's out of place. Let me bring year of order to the cutlery drawer. (laughs) Order, order in all things big and small, Mike. Right, it's great. It's 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 great. I may leave the house today. It is part of the year of branching out. I think that's stretching a little bit. Uh, Obviously, I'm bringing order to the Mm. drawer, but yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's well within the confines. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess going out, going out for your snow day. The snow day is big enough to, I think, to your branching out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Snow isn't normal. <laughs> no, it's not normal in London. So again, themes, big thumbs up. Goals, thumbs down. So what's going on in the year of order? Uh, okay, I'm back with OmniFocus. Oh, that's that's what's going on right now. <laughs> I was I've actually been talking to your co-founder of Relay FM, Stephen Hackett, about this on iMessage a bunch, which is the cycle of task management apps, of of going through these regular cycles of one to the other to the other. It seems like Stephen's in in uh, the bit of a he's in a bit of a transition as well. So we've been talking about it a bit, and I knew this was going to happen. And I feel like I have I have mentally settled on a metaphor to try to describe this process. And I think it's a bit like a forest fire where what happens in life is you start out with things really simple. Like I'm always telling people, hey, when you're getting started with task managers, just start with a piece of paper. You don't even, you don't even know what you want. You don't need to get distracted by any of the complexity. And paper is fine. So just, you know, write down things that you want on a piece of paper. And then eventually you realize, oh, you know what? I don't want to keep rewriting these recurring tasks. Let me try to find something. And so you go to a simple task manager. And then you realize there's limitations in these simple task managers. And you go to something a little bit more complex. And you keep stepping it up. And then you do have something that is very complex. And then I think just like what you're going through now, I personally find that at some point... I feel this sense of vague overwhelmedness that's hard to pin down, feeling like, oh, I have a whole bunch of things to do. And that's when the forest fire comes through and sweeps it all clean, right? And you just, and then you start over. You go like, you know what? 
I'm just going to be here with my iPad and my virtual paper, and I'm going to write things down like this for a little while. And I feel like it's a healthy cycle because mm. when the fire sweeps through, gosh, part of what happens is it's a way of discarding a whole bunch of tasks that you were never going to get to anyway. I really... <laughs> I really would love a, a a a nicer metaphor than the one you've no, chosen. No, I think this upon. is a nice metaphor. What about tides? Isn't no, that isn't this... that less aggressive? I don't like forest fires here. Like, can't we call it like just like the tide comes in and it sweeps no, everything Mike, away from the beach? Mike, it's way look, you... nicer. No, Mike, you with your happy fuzzy life and your happy fuzzy podcasts. No, it's a forest fire because look, I, I think it's appropriate. Because it's very easy in your life that I feel like the little tasks, they grow up and around, sort of just like in a, in a forest, like the forest becomes too dense. And also the forest fire, you have to realize, like the forest fire is healthy for the forest, right? We're not, we're not talking about like, oh, some guy in California throws a cigarette out the window and the whole state burns to the ground. They're like, oh, this is sad. I'm talking about like a forest fire out somewhere in like Montana or Wyoming, right? Where it's part of the life cycle of the forest. And it's actually required for seed pods to germinate, this kind of thing. So I feel like at the beginning of the year, I went through the forest fire when I was on the Graycation and I stepped up to using things, which I totally loved and definitely highly recommend. But I knew I was eventually going to go back to something more complicated. And then Omni wrote their blog post about what their plan for the rest of the year is. And I do like some of the things in there. And I thought, okay, things is kind of I'm running up against the limitations of things. And I also do have to say, I, I really appreciate it. I wrote the developers uh, one particular question about like, oh, could they change a thing? and what I really love is unlike most developers who will say, oh, we'll put that on our list for consideration, uh, things wrote back and said, no, we're never going to do that. I was like, great. I'd rather know. I'd rather know that you're never well, going to do that. Because now you know that there's no point waiting. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, some of the limitations and things just became too limiting as I'm back into the regular cycle of like regular podcasts and regular work and a whole bunch of other stuff. I need something more. So anyway, long story short. I'm back with OmniFocus, and so that's what I've been using for the past couple weeks, and almost certainly for the next <laughs> six months, it's what I'm going to be using for a while, and then the forest fire will sweep through and everything will start all over again. So I've been but thinking it, like, about this, because, uh -huh. you know, all right, so I'll tell you right now, I'm playing with things, uh, mm -hmm. because they just added this new automation system, and it's really interesting, and I'm kind of just toying around with it. Like, yeah, it looks think amazing. That, I think that ultimately um, it probably won't make me as comfortable feeling as Todoist does, but I'm just playing around with it because there's some stuff that it can do, which I've wanted to do with a task manager for a while, um, but it didn't exist until now. So I, I just want to see what that's like. So for example, one big project that I have is this show and posting this show just from a, a point of like when the edit is complete is a two-day process full of lots of things that need to be taken mm -hmm. care of. And with using uh, something incredible that Feder our friend Federico Vitici came up with, which I will link in our show notes, he created this like natural language parsing system in workflow that can hand over a, a, a full project into things. But it mm -hmm. has... And like I've been adapting and tweaking with the workflow to the point where I can get like headings in a project 
which I've never seen before in any task manager. So just like headings, mm -hmm. like one that says audio, one that says video, one that says posting. So it separates out the projects. I think I mentioned this last time as these non-meaningful dividers that things mm -hmm. have. Which is lovely, which is absolutely lovely because it can break a project up visually rather than just this like sea of items that look exactly the same. Yeah, it's so nice. Like in OmniFocus, there's a way that I can kind of trick it, which is to have these fake sub-projects and then have things listed under these fake sub-projects and the those aren't real projects in the system but i i do i don't like the the lack of clarity where I'm, when i'm looking at the list i have to remember oh that's not really a sub-project it's just a thing that i've made so i can group a bunch of similar things together it's one of the very nice things about things is the visual look of it and mm -hmm. when i first saw the headings i thought oh this is dumb i'll never use this and turns out actually one of my favorite things in that app it's the headings is is great and it's so visually nice so like i've been playing around with this project this list of tasks and grouping them out and using some of the there's a tool in in workflow called magic variables um which was mm -hmm. basically making variables like a like a construction set and it means that someone like me can use workflow more simply. So what I've been doing is when I set the task, when I say I want this project to begin, what I want is for times to be entered into a to-do manager that are relative to the time that I started the project. So right. I want to be able to start a project and be like, this thing needs to go off half an hour from the point that I begin. Mm -hmm. And no other system that I've been able to use has been able to do this. So I thought to myself, oh, I can do this in Workflow because I can go into Workflow and I can say, by using their kind of date tools, what is the current time? Add 30 minutes to that time. And then I can mm -hmm. drop it into Federico's Workflow as a magic variable. So it can look at the time that I've selected and been like 30 minutes from now, right? And, and I've been able mm -hmm. to piece that together. And so I'm... Playing around with this is just like, a, what does that look like? So then I end up with this multiple day. It's not finished yet because uh, this is taking me a while. And it's multiple day project with everything broken out, which is all time relative from this is exactly what I've wanted for this specific mm -hmm. project, which is posting this show, which is one of the like larger projects that I have purely because I just there are a lot of little pieces to it that I don't want to get wrong. So I have. Wait, like I don't do this for other shows because the process is is more simple and it's more streamlined and it's easier to repair if something goes wrong. But with mm -hmm. our show, it's a little bit more tricky because there's also like all of the YouTube stuff and you know, like if if there's something wrong in the audio, it is way harder for me to fix than with my other shows mm -hmm. that are just audio, right? Because I would also have to change the video and like I just so I like to make sure I've got absolutely everything 100% taken care of before I do anything. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge list of tasks. And it looks like with this things automation, I can create a templatable project that I can run, which will be in a much nicer state than anything OmniFocus has given me and Todoist has given me because I've built these projects in both of these other apps. But I've mm -hmm. never been fully happy about it. And it looks like that things can do that. And I, I don't know what this is going to mean for me. Um, but because I'm still playing around with it. On this point, and the reason I was laughing 
about all of this is I have I, I think I have come up with like a grand unifying theory about to do apps. Okay. No to do app will ever be perfect because it is impossible to meet the specific requirements of an undefined user base, right? Everyone uses their to do app slightly differently, even if they follow a system like GTD. Everyone has their own preferences. So like it is hmm. impossible to create a perfect to-do app because nobody can ever be satisfied. So because no one is ever fully satisfied, when a new app comes along, there's always the promise of maybe this is the perfect one. Mm-hmm. And that's why you move to it. And you just keep doing this in the hopes that over time, something will become perfect. But the funny thing is, it never will. Yeah, I mean, this is why I've always said like the, the market for to-do apps is infinite. Because everybody thinks about things in different ways, but there's even there's even more granular problems. Like like one of the things that uh, has been on my mind in my move back to OmniFocus when I'm I'm getting the heavyweight stuff set up. Like I, I always feel like going going to OmniFocus is bringing in the big guns. Right? Like we're serious now, and we're heading into a real serious phase of work. Yep. But there's a so here, here's the thing. Even an, an individual user who has a clearly defined idea. So OmniFocus for me has my projects in it. So things like posting podcasts and videos and other clearly work-related stuff. I have a constrained use for it. I know how to use the system. Everything is great. But even then, you don't always want your to-do app to have the same behaviors at different times. And so, for example, when do I want OmniFocus to alert me about something? When it's due? Ahead of time? Like, And right then and there, that immediately throws you into all of these problems of, well, the app is designed to set alerts when a thing is due. So you have to build your whole system around the concept of, okay, if I want alerts, I need the due dates to be when I expect the alerts to be, right? And this is just like behavior in a single app. And to-do managers are always going to run into that problem of you have to adapt yourself a little bit to however they think of things. Like when I was when I was using the Things app, I was very aware of, okay, I need to build my system around the way they manage the today and the anytime lists. And it's like, oh, okay, this is great. This is fine. I can get this to work. But you're always going to run up against a moment where you feel like, oh, but I want this thing to appear in the today list in a way that the app is never going to to do it. So even within a single app or within a single user, you're going to want inconsistent behaviors that are impossible to program for. Uh, like, oh, I I do want alerts on deadlines, but not for these tasks, right? But I do want them for those tasks, or I want an alert for these things, but I don't want to put a deadline on them, right? So it's a, it's just a it's a fundamentally impossible area, and this is one of the reasons why, for years now, I have actually used multiple to do apps because I try to categorize different sorts of activities that I'm looking for. And this is this is why, like, uh, the longest running one now is to do for me, uh, the number two do, where I use that for what I think of as my starting the day and ending the day and other routines. 
because I can have that app act the way that I want these particular kinds of tasks to be. And that app happens to be really great at the ability to say, sort of reset a day where it's like, oh man, I've totally blown off all my routine stuff, but I just want to press two buttons to like reset tomorrow and a tw- and 20 things just work. It's like, that's great. That's totally fine. It works because there's a constrained set of things in that app and they're quarantined from OmniFocus, which is a different kind of thing where like resetting a day is a fundamentally impossible thing to do. So even even if you're willing, like me, to go to the mental effort of saying, I'm going to division certain kinds of tasks that make sense to put these ones over here and those ones over there, you still always run into this problem of, we kind of want to do managers to read our minds and show us exactly what we want to see when we want to see it in a way that is impossible to programmatically define. And of course, it is also very easy to get enticed by the shiny to give it to give it a try because i feel like like a brand new journal or a physical notebook it, it holds the promise of a better future this episode of cortex is also brought to you by our friends at casper casper are the company focused on sleep dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time we sleep a lot We sleep so much, it actually takes up a third of your life. And if you spend a third of your life doing anything, don't you want it to be the best it can possibly be? That's why you need Casper, because their mattresses are designed for humans. They're perfectly engineered to soothe and support your natural geometry. Hey, they've got all the right support in all the right places. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so darn comfortable? Well, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Their mattresses are designed and developed in the US, and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. They have over 20,000 reviews online with an average rating of 4.8 stars. It's easy to see that Casper is the internet's favorite mattress. And you could be sure of your purchase with Casper with their 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. They'll deliver directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, they have a hassle-free return policy. I have spent nights on a Casper mattress and have always been very, very comfortable. You know when they say it's got all the right support in all the right places? They aren't joking, because those mattresses... They are dang comfortable. And I love the way that they come in this fantastic box, which is super small. It's easy to get in up the stairs. It's easy to get into an elevator. And then you can just open it up and you let your mattress spring to life in its new home. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by going to casper.com slash cortex and using cortex at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, that is casper.com slash cortex and the offer code cortex. Our thanks to Casper for their support of this show. Great, let's do some Ask Cortex questions. I need to I need to lighten this mood a little bit. I need to I need to go out into the world and, and pick some questions from our listeners to help me right now. Does that sound good? If questions from the listeners will help you, Mike, let's do questions from the listeners. Gray, it always helps me. And the first one comes from Chad. And Chad says, if you were applying for a new job today and had to update your resume, what fonts would you choose? Uh, do you have like a preferred font for stuff well no what what my brain was just mentally rolling back there is realizing that the last time i put together a resume i was doing it in latex 
I don't have that? any idea how I would reset. What is that? <laughs> is that like a letterpress? What is that? Okay, Mike, anybody who's done a PhD, they will know what LaTeX oh, is. Oh, look at you. Um, If you'd have done a PhD, then you'd No, know. no, no, because... <laughs> Because <laughs> obviously you don't know, Mike, you didn't do a PhD. <laughs> well, I didn't do a PhD either. <laughs> right. Just to, just to be clear here, <laughs> I, I, uh, closest I got to a PhD was dropping out of a master's course in, sorry, in economics. Sorry, sorry, Dr. Gray. <laughs> I came across it because when I was a physics student, the people who were doing the PhDs introduced it to me and they're like, oh, hey, here's this thing that you can use to write papers. And you actually hit precisely what it is it's if you think of the monk who is manually typesetting a book latex is the is the computer version of this so uh i would say it's like a uh, think of like markdown make markdown 10 times more complicated but it has a whole bunch of commands that allow you to produce a thing that looks like it has been professionally typeset uh, LaTeX is a thing that will produce just beautiful, beautiful looking documents. How is this and spelled? Capital L, lowercase a, capital T, lowercase e, capital X. So why That's do you say LaTeX? Because I get nervous about how I'm supposed to say it. Because in my head, I would always call it LaTeX. But then people would yeah. tell me that I'm pronouncing it wrong. And <laughs> I think it's supposed to be LaTeX. And I've heard people say LaTeX. I've heard a million different things. But all I know is if I ever say it out loud and I say LaTeX, then the people who are actually doing PhDs start scoffing. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you don't really know this thing. Um, but anyway, the, the, reason, the reason I was mentally rolling it back is because I would just use a ton of the defaults in this markup language. So I have no idea what font that would have picked when it was spitting out my resume. So uh, I don't know. I don't know, Chad. I, I would pick. I would pick a a safe font. I think that's. I think that's what I would do. Something nice and safe. Uh, but presumably, in this scenario, I would be applying to a school, and you just want to convey safety and boredom in that in that resume as a as a some as someone looking to get another physics teaching job. So you're going to be like Arial, Calibri, or Times New Roman. That's yeah, Times New Roman. Yeah, that's probably which way it would go. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Uh, Jokerman and Comic Sans. Let's really just wrap this one up. Uh, no, uh, I I have two typefaces that I like. I think that's the right <laughs> yeah, phrase. There you go, right. Yeah, right? trying to figure it out. That's like me. Yeah. How about latex? I don't know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> right, saying yeah. they're typefaces. I like Gotham and Futura. Mm, and yeah, they're good. They're good. The fonts that i like are futura bold mm -hmm. and uh gotham i think medium are like my favorite so i would try and find something within those typefaces uh to use in futura and, and gotham because i like them and mm -hmm. um especially gotham it can look just relatively normal looking like futura in many styles can be like a little bit too much, right? Mm -hmm. you, you kind of look like you're really going for a thing. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're my two, they're my two favorites. Um, although I am very, very partial to a font in Google Docs called Creepster, uh, which I use quite liberally in our show notes document when there's a thing that we have to talk about that you don't want to talk about. So like, 
uh, business stuff uh, is is all written in the Creepster font, which is basically oh, yeah, this, this like is bloody dripping, scary thing. Halloween. Yeah, font. I love it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, so you, you'll you'll put that at the top of our shared document, and it will just say Q3 scheduling, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that I don't want to talk about yeah. it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's to convey that everyone understands, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this is scary stuff, but we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Nathan asked. On the topic of the year of order, uh, I'd love to hear an update on how oh, both my. of you deal with email these days, especially with helping your assistants. Have either of you tried services like Missive to let assistants triage your inbox? I don't. I don't really want to talk about email because. Oh, good because uh, I have like, another email like, question for you next. Great. <laughs> uh, I, I I will just say that. Uh, like you are feeling overwhelmedness. One of the things that for me triggered the idea of I need a year of order is that my year of redirection left, I'll put it this way. It left all of my communications with the outside world in total chaos, including my email. Uh, the number of times I opened my email last year was very, very few. Oh gosh. And so... Uh, while I have I have many sub projects that are going on in the year of order, I want to set up my physical space and then I want to work on my routine and get that really narrowed down. But one of the one of the things immediately after that is I need to work my way through this terrifyingly large communications backlog that I have on many fronts across many things. So I don't really want to talk about email now. I'll, I'm going to have to deal with that at, a, at some point later. A couple of days ago, we were talking uh, and you kind of mentioned in passing, I haven't looked at email in months. And I just, there is like a part of me that's like, I, don't, I can't believe that that is true. Like you mm-hmm. can't mean that like absolutely, right? Well, I mean, sometimes websites will send you verification codes through your email and you need to click on those, right? And so, yeah, I've I've opened email for that sort of thing. But uh oh, as God. we have discussed as we have discussed in the past though, almost almost everything that is of any importance to me now either people just know to contact my assistant directly because it will get them vastly faster turnaround than trying to contact me directly or it's things through slack so part of this is a structural problem that i try to limit how much time i spend on administrative stuff and so slack and things coming straight from my assistant are much higher up on the queue of importance and so the hit rate in email has gone way down, but I do really mean it that it's like I have not I have not looked at email in any meaningful way in a very, very long time. I have an enormous backlog of who knows what in there. And it's it is time to it's time to get out the shovel and go through that at some point in the future. But not not today, not tomorrow, but you know, later. There are so many things that me and you agree upon when it comes to mm-hmm. getting work done but our approaches to email are like oh i know yeah yeah polarizing yeah i think about that every time i see an email notification on your watch right and it's like and i just want to be clear 
I totally know that that works for you, right? And it, it clearly does. Mm-hmm. But it, it makes me it makes me sort of smile on the inside every time that we're together in person, and I see a little boop, and there's the email notification on your watch, and it's just like, this is one area where we live very different lives. If I use the application Airmail right now, like to do apps, never fully satisfied of email applications, but mm-hmm. I have it set with all of the preferences on my iPhone and even on my iPad that basically an inbox, like so a list of email you can kind of see in like an inbox view, maybe about seven or eight emails at a time, kind of like in, in mm-hmm. at one time. If I have to scroll that list, I am very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So at a given time, there is typically never more than eight emails in my inbox and they're not being hidden. Like they're being one way or another dealt with Mm -hmm. we have very very different approaches to email it's 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 really different very different um in regards to sharing email with people that i work with um i would like to try and find a system for this eventually because right now it's a lot of forwarding going on which it's not ideal really uh yeah right and neither and and it's also with the situation i'm in the way that i've got things working for me it also wouldn't work for me to share my email inbox because there'd be way too much discussion about what email needs to be dealt with by who Mm -hmm. i want to be able to find an application or a service where you can kind of like assign email but i haven't been happy with anything that i've seen so far maybe one day i would like that um but the triaging of my inbox is currently served by my apple watch that is my triage Mm -hmm. assistant is my Mm -hmm. apple watch um, and then Nilesh asked, uh, how do you manage your personal business email? Do you separate them across different applications or do you keep them all in one app? Do you use unified inboxes? I'm just assuming that like it's all goes in one huge bucket for you and it all is not dealt with. Yeah, that's correct. One yeah. gigantic unlooked at pile. Yep. Great. Even when I've been more on top of my email in the past, I, I've never really found the hassle of multiple inboxes worth it for me. Again, th- that's a side effect of the way I have structured my businesses but i've just i've never found the payoff to be worth it i have everything all going to one place unified inbox one application personal business email because honestly like email that is personal is not personal really like all of the email that i get would be deemed going to a personal account it's still like transactions and things that need to be checked upon you know like it's never really like my buddy sending me an email people don't email me like they have other ways to contact me right that like it tends mm-hmm. to be all work no matter what email address it's going to right, this one comes from Raphael. gray has commented a couple of times about taking note of every idea that he has so he can get them off his mind and deal with them later how mm-hmm. does gray deal with having ideas in bed right before sleeping does he pick up his phone and take notes or does he just let it go and hopes that he remembers the idea the next day Okay, this is going to be really unhelpful, but I fall asleep very fast. Mm. So uh, I get into bed and then it's morning. So uh, this is not a problem that I, I really have to deal with. You made, a, you made a disgruntled noise there, Mike. I'm guessing this is not your situation. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> My situation is I have to just wait. Until I can't be awake anymore. Okay. 
And that's, so I that's do how things. You go to sleep. Yes, that's why I go to bed at like two a.m. because it's like body can't. St- I like sleeping. Hate going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Once I'm sleeping, it's awesome. Don't want to stop it. But the act of like <laughs> going to do it, I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. So like I just would do things until I can't be awake anymore. There's like this weird thing like in my mind, I feel like I'm just kind of just wasting time. Like I might as well just be reading Twitter for an hour and wait until like my eyelids are starting to close. <laughs> so bad. I think of everything in my life that would be deemed unhealthy, the way I approach sleep is the, is the least healthy part. Like it's it, it's really bad. I, I can see though that it, it sounds like you and my wife are using the same sleep strategy, yeah. which is only... Only when exhaustion grasps you by the throat. Grips you. And you cannot escape. <laughs> or is I'm like, oh, I'm a little sleepy. I lay down. Boom. Almost immediately I'm asleep. <laughs> God, I'd hate that. I would hate that. Well, luckily you don't have to suffer from that, Mike. Yeah. Or sleep next to you, I guess, because that would also drive <laughs> me mad. Yeah, let's not do that. 